Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he'll put the sheep at his right hand, the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? When was it we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers or sisters, you did it to me. Then he'll say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me. Naked and you didn't give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And they also will answer, Lord, when was it we saw you hungry or thirsty and didn't take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I am, um, this is I think the second time we've, we've read this passage since I've been here. I started here back in, in February. So it's a passage that I know is familiar to many of you. And I'm sure it's not just because I've read this passage that it's familiar to you. I'm sure you've heard this passage again and again and again. And I know over the, uh, in the hearings of this passage, the times that you've heard it, it's been, it's been very much focused on an idea of, of challenge. Right, there's the challenge that lies in this passage. Whatever you did to the least of these, you do to Christ. Whatever you didn't do to the least of these, you didn't do to Christ. So this passage is, is typically used, and rightly so, as a challenge. To say to you and to me, are we counted among the righteous on the right-hand side? Or are we counted among those who are unrighteous on the left and who are commanded to depart from the presence of Christ. We're challenged in this passage typically to be faithful. We're challenged in this passage to consider who are the least of these. And we do that as a congregation. We've done that faithfully again and again. We're celebrating that this morning. And the challenge remains to continue 
to recognize the least of these as the passage speaks and to continue to minister to them in all the ways that God is calling us to. But I want to turn this passage on its head a wee bit and think about it maybe a wee bit differently from how we've possibly considered this passage before. And I don't believe I'm doing anything wrong to the passage by doing this because I think inherent in the, under, the way that we, we must understand the passage is this message as well. I think at the heart of this passage is not just the challenge to serve and not just the challenge to be faithful and to minister to those who are in need, whatever that need might be, but at the heart of the passage is also the issue of why should we do this? Why is it the right thing for us to do to consider those who are not quite as well off as us? who are not quite as fortunate as us, those who find themselves in a very different situation. The the phrase that Greg used was, was it generational poverty? The least of these. Why should we do that? Why should we take care of others? Well, the way I want us to think about this passage is to ask ourselves the question, When have we been the least of these? And when has Christ, and when have the people of Christ ministered to us? When have we been the least of these? Well, this passage defines the least of these in a number of different ways. Those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, those who are a stranger, those who are naked, those who are sick, those who are in prison. That's how this passage defines those who are the least of these. Now maybe for some of us, we genuinely have been physically in those types of situations, but I would reckon that for many of us, if not most of us, we've maybe not been in those types of situations directly, physically, but emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. Think of the times that you perhaps have been hungry, and I don't mean physically hungry, but you have hungered after something. And I don't know what that hunger would be, but in each one of us that hunger may very well have been something very, very different. There's something that you have been longing for and not been able to find the thing, whatever that is, that you absolutely need to satisfy this burning appetite, this burning hunger that you may have. And at a point, something or someone came along and was able to say to you the words that you needed to hear or give to you the thing that you needed to satisfy that hunger, to quell that thirst. That was the hand of Christ. (coughs) He met that need, whatever that need may have been. Those who were hungry, hungry and thirsty, someone at some point met that need in Christ's name for you 
When were you a stranger? Have you ever felt lost? You know my story about Isla being lost. I told that, I told that story months ago. And if you don't know it, I'll tell it. I'm not telling it again just now, but I'll tell it to you another day. How many of us have been somewhere and we've just felt completely and utterly lost? A stranger. Sometimes, I don't know if it's true for you, but sometimes there are folks that feel like a stranger within their own bodies, within their own flesh, and they feel utterly lost. And the word comes to them, you are loved. You are welcome just as you are. I don't know what your situations all are. And I don't know where you all maybe have that sense of being lost. But I'm sure at a time of feeling like a stranger, you've heard that word. You've heard that word. You're welcome. Come on. I'll walk with you. I'll show you the way. Hmm? That's the voice of Christ. That's the voice of Christ. What else? Naked. Oh my goodness. I hope none of us have been caught naked somewhere. That wouldn't be fun, would it? Or maybe it would. <laughs> but I'm sure that there are those of us who at one time or another have been laid bare. There are things about our lives that we want to keep to ourselves. There are things that we don't want others to know anything about. And sometimes something happens where that thing that we don't want anyone else to know about comes out. And the whole world knows about my brokenness, about my whatever it is. And I feel so naked. And I feel so ashamed. How many times have you felt like that? And someone has come along and said, look, it's okay. That's just a thing. It's okay. You are loved. Let me help you cover that and embrace you in that and know that you are loved. How many times have we felt sick? Just sick to our stomach, just felt so broken and unlovable. And someone has offered us a hand just to reach out and say, you are welcome. You can be whole. Those are the hands of Christ that have reached out to us. And what about in prison? I don't know how many of us have ever spent any time in in prison. Dirk, I'm sure you've been into a prison as a police officer. I've spent some time as a chaplain in prison. It's not a place that I would relish to spend any time in any other way. But I know for all of us there are times where we feel bound and we feel trapped. We feel caught in something that we just can't find a way out of. There's a beautiful hymn. We've sung it once here at Blackham, and it's a hymn that's not familiar to you. It's called, And Can It Be That I Should Gain an Interest in My Saviour's Love? One of the verses goes like this. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, 
fast bound by sin and nature's night. That's sometimes the story of all of us, isn't it? As groups, as, as bodies, as individuals, we feel, we feel bound by something. The, the hymn writer has nailed that. Long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound by sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray, a life giving You looked at me, Lord. And when you looked at me, the light from your eye gave me life. It gave me hope. It gave me promise. When I saw that light, the hymn writer goes on, I, I woke. The dungeon flamed with light. And then what happens next is so important. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Every one of us has been in one of these or more situations where we have been hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or or sick or in prison. And the reason we are here today is because the hand of the Lord, one way or another, reached out and set us free from all of those things that bound us and held us back. So the question, why should we minister to those who we think of as the least of these, whom we define as the least of these, well, we should minister to them because someone has ministered to us in Christ's name. May we remember those places where we have felt the grace of God, those unexpected places where we have felt the grace of God and known healing and wholeness. And may we in turn faithfully share the gift that we have received so that others in turn may know that wholeness, may know that freedom, may know that love which is theirs in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Them is one eight six. Let's stand as we.